Thank you for joining us for this week's broadcast of A Word from the Lord. Today is the first part in the teaching series, It's About Time. Here now is our speaker and teacher for A Word from the Lord, Archbishop Foley Beach. A while back, a friend gave me a book entitled Margin. It's written by a man by the name of Richard Swenson, a a Christian counselor. And after reading this book, not only did I learn a lot about myself, I realized that this is a message that modern day Christians need to hear as well. So for the next three weeks, I'm going to preach a series of sermons entitled, It's About Time, to talk about overstressed, overloaded, and maxed out lives. Let's have a prayer. Father, come in the power of your Spirit, and we ask that you would speak to each of us where we need to be spoken to. Uh, Use this time, Lord, for your glory and for the encouragement and edification of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Jesus said in John 16, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Following Jesus brings peace into one's life. Even though we face great tribulation and great difficulties in our lives. And yet, when I observe the lives of modern day Christians, including my own life, I don't see lives saturated with God's peace. I see overwhelming stress. I see anxiety. I see financial pressure. I see maxed out schedules. I see people who are tired and weary. Jesus said, I've come, in John 10, 10, he said, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Or as NIV says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now God has given us a body and a soul. We'll let this beautiful crystal picture represent that because that's how God views us, something beautiful. He's given us this. And each of our lives has a capacity, an amount to be filled up. Now, for some of us, it's a larger amount. For some of us, it may not be so large. But each of us has a capacity. And God desires to pour life into us. He desires us to have life to the fullest. He desires to bless us. He wants us to have meaningful, fulfilling lives filled with His presence, His very presence, the Holy Spirit. But notice here, there's a space between being full. We could probably fill it up a little more just so we could say it's full. Notice there's a space here between what's full and the top of the picture. We call that margin, space, room. It's the place, the extra that you have in your life. It's breathing room. It's it's a reserve for the unanticipated. It's that place for surprises. Is this the way God wants us to live our lives? Is this the witness He wants us to have to our unbelieving friends? It's about time for us to take a serious look in the mirror 
and examine ourselves and the priorities that we have in our lives. We're not only wounding the cause of Jesus, we're hurting ourselves. Richard Swenson writes, overload is not having time to finish the book you're reading because of stress. Margin is having time to read it twice. Overload is fatigue. Margin is energy. Overload is red ink. Margin is black ink. Overload is hurry. Margin is calm. Overload is anxiety. Margin is security. Now don't hear me wrong. The storms which come in life, and it's called life, the storms come. There are tribulations and trials which are brought our way. But when we're maxed out, when we're overloaded, when we're stressed out, and then those things come our way, and they will come, we have nothing in our reserves to deal with them. And so we end up having physical problems, or emotional problems, or financial problems, or relational problems, or spiritual problems, because we have nothing left within us when the storms come. We've built our foundation on sand, not on the rock of the teachings of Jesus. Now added to all of this, we live in a time when technology has given the power and ability to do almost anything imaginable. I mean, just 110 years ago, humans didn't have airplanes, automobiles, motorcycles, cell phones, fast food restaurants, Wi-Fi, the internet, iPads, iPods, iPhones, we didn't have those things. And all these things bring incredible blessings to us, but they've pushed us beyond our boundaries of emotional and physical limits. Two quick examples. Back then, I mean just 110 years ago, most people didn't have electricity. So what happened when it got dark? Sure, there were candles, but most people went to bed. They rested. Well, now with electric lights, we're up at all times of the night. We're watching TV, we're on the internet, we're talking on the phone, we're out shopping in the middle of the night. You ever been at Walmart at one in the morning? It's amazing how many people are there. We're out eating, socializing, and entertaining. So where are you resting? It used to be built into the lifestyle. Not anymore. Early in my days of ministry, I worked at the Cathedral of St. Philip, and David Collins was the dean. And when I was hired, he told me it was mandatory that I take a day off. As he said, there's always more work to do around here, and if you don't take a day off, I'll fire you. So I took a day off. And my Sabbath became valuable time for rest, rejuvenation, recreation, recreation, and time away from the pressures and duties of my job. But because of technology in recent years, because of this thing, I've had to revisit how I take my day off. You see, it rings when someone wants to get me. It beeps when there's a text message. It chimes when I get an email. Well, how does one disengage emotionally and physically from your work when your work follows you in such a clamoring, noisy way? 
You see, when I get a text message, I just can't let it sit there. I have to check it out. And same with an email. If I know it's there. But God made us for Sabbath. He made us to need it. He made us to need emotional and physical rest. So I've had to make a change in my habits. If you call me on Friday, which is my day off, you'll get a voicemail. If you email me on Friday which is my day off, you won't get a response until Saturday or sometime after that. Now, I say all this to say that with the blessing of technology, all of us are seeing that that place of margin in our lives is dissipating, and it's causing all kinds of problems. And I think the biggest problem it's causing us is on the spiritual level. We're not available for the purposes of God. God is speaking to you, but you can't hear him because of all the noise in your life. God says, reach out to that person, but you can't because you don't have the time or the emotional energy to make the effort. God says, give financially to help with this kingdom purposes, but you can't because you have nothing to help with. So let's look at gradually putting this godly space back into our lives. For the next three weeks, I'd like us to look at three areas of our lives. But I hope at the end of this series, you'll understand the vital principles that I'm talking about, and then you can apply them to all other areas of your life as well. So today, I would like to look at rebuilding your emotional reserves, or refilling your emotional reservoir. For you see, God has made us with an emotional makeup. And it drives who we are and how we do what we do. But if your emotional reserves are overwhelmed, overtaxed, maxed out, all kinds of problems will happen in your life. I mean, just look at the word disease. Dis-ease. Not there by accident. Jesus said in John 16, these things I've spoken unto you that in me you will have peace. We know what the fruit of the Spirit is from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. Where are these things in our emotional makeup? Let me ask it another way. If this is supposed to be the emotional makeup of the Spirit-filled follower of Jesus, shouldn't you be able to pick Christians out at a crowd in the mall or the grocery store or the ball game? You'd think so. But most of the time you can't. Too often our fellow believers and ourselves have our emotional chins on the ground and we can't remember what it was like to smile. Now, every day you and I wake up to face the day with a certain quantum of emotional energy. For each of us, we have a certain amount. And for some, it's it's more and some, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not as much. But each of us have an amount. But some of us, it's been drained empty. Richard Swinson says it this way, the amount of emotional energy within us is finite. 
No one has infinite capacity for emotional discharge. When our reserves are depleted, they are depleted. If we make further withdrawals, pain will be felt. And by pain, he means emotionally, physically, or relationally. Pastor Lewis Evans points out, he says, if we string ourselves out expending 100% of our time and energy, there is no way in which we can adjust to the unexpected emergency. We become defensive about our expended energies because there isn't anything else to give. Having nothing else to give, we tune out the need. Tom Sine writes this, he says, millions of suburbanites seem to find the good life is only endurable under sedation. Too many of us have maxed out our emotional reserves. So what can we do to rebuild that holy place and that holy space in our lives when it comes to emotional energy? I want to offer some things, and this isn't a a total list, but these are some things if you'll just start doing them. You'll, you'll be amazed at the difference. The first is to confess your sins regularly, daily and weekly. Confess your sins regularly. Unconfessed sin weighs on you. Guilt is a powerful downer emotion. Confess it quickly and often. 1 John 1.9 tells us, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confess your sins. That's the first thing. Second is to be reconciled with others to the best of your ability. Be reconciled with anyone you have a broken relationship with. And I say to the best of your ability because oftentimes you can do all you can and there's the other person isn't responsive. Nothing saps your emotional reserves like being in a broken relationship. I, I like the way Richard Swenson says it here. He says, broken relationships are a razor across the artery of the spirit. Stemming the hemorrhage and binding the wound should be done as quickly as possible, yet too often it takes months or years, and sometimes the bleeding never stops. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 5, 23. If you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother, then come and offer your gift. The Apostle Paul wrote to the early Christians in Ephesus in Ephesians 4, 31. He said this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate with one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ and God has forgiven you. A third thing to build our emotional reserves is to cultivate important relationships. Cultivate important relationships. It's vitally important for your emotional health to have healthy social supports. Even science confirms the old saying, good friends are good medicine. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You see, all of us need love and affection and nurture and intimacy, connectedness and bonding 
All of us need community and, and attachment. And these are feel-good words for a reason. They're good for you. And if you find you're emotionally empty, go hang out with a good friend. If you find you're emotionally wounded, go to a caring friend. I was talking with an older uh, woman not too long ago. And she says that she has a lady friend who calls her every time she's depressed. And her friend actually says this to her. says, you listen, and then your encouragement picks me up. Dr. Frederick Flash wrote this. He said, there is perhaps no more effective way to relieve psychic pain than to be in contact with another human being who understands what you're going through and can communicate such understanding to you. Important relationships build and restore your emotional reserves. A fourth thing, and this is probably the most difficult for for most people in this room, rest. Rest. It's important to rest. It's important to get away occasionally, to escape, to relax, to sleep in, but not on Sundays. (laughs) 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 To, To take a nap. There's nothing wrong with taking some time to rest. It's important to restore you emotionally and physically. I mean, one of the Ten Commandments is to take a Sabbath. And there's a reason for that. I mean, even God rested on the seventh day after creating the world, Genesis 2 tells us. Now, the typical American will pack their rest needs into an already jam-packed weekend or a busy holiday. I mean, you know, the 4th of July holiday, typical example, 4th of July, you, you do all these activities where you go to the lake and you come back, you're just exhausted. It's supposed to be resting. We think that's rest. When I'm on empty emotionally, I usually withdraw by myself and be quiet. I may close the door to my office. I may go for a quick walk. Or if I'm at home, I may go for a run. I may get in my car and just go for a quiet drive. I may close my eyes for ten, you know, a 10 minute cat nap. And I don't feel guilty about it one bit. Because if I'm on empty, I can't do anybody any good anyway. Rest. It's so important. I mean, didn't Jesus do the same? Remember when he and his disciples were out on the lake, they're out on the Sea of Galilee, and this big storm comes up and it's about to wash the boat over? What's Jesus doing? He's on the back of the boat napping. Jesus said in, oh, in Mark 6, 30, 31, we're told, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. He'd sent them out on a, a ministry mission. Then because of many people that were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. We should all have that verse memorized. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Well, there are many other things I could add about building your emotional reserves like laughing or crying. There's one more that I I think is important for us this morning. And that is this, serving others. Serving others. Many medical studies show that service to others is actually health-enhancing. Horace Mann writes, We must be purposely kind and generous or we miss the best part of existence. The heart that goes out of itself gets large and full of joy. 
This is the great secret of the inner life. We do ourselves the most good when we do something good for others. Richard Swenson writes, one of the best ways to heal our own emotional pain is to focus instead on meeting the needs of others. It works powerfully. To build your emotional reserves, give yourself away unselfishly. After all, Jesus said, give, and it will be given unto you. This is a powerful principle in God's created order. Give, and it will be given unto you. So overwhelmed, exhausted, overloaded, only you can do something about it. God will help you, and He loves you, but only you can begin the corrective measures that you need. You can do it. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do it. Start today. Start today. Well, today we looked at replenishing our emotional reserves. Next week, we're going to look at our time. Jesus said, these things I've spoken unto you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to a word from the Lord. I would like to take a few moments and and give you the opportunity to become a believing Christian. I know today we have a lot of folks that go to church and are real religious, but if you were to ask them if they really know Jesus Christ, they wouldn't know what you were talking about. And I don't know if you're one of those people this morning, but if you've never become a believing Christian, I'd like to give you just a simple ABC, not a gimmick, but but just the way it is. A is for acknowledging that you're a sinner. We live in a culture which says, you know, basically we don't make mistakes, but we do. And when we measure up against God's Ten Commandments, um, all of us have fallen short in some way. We've all messed up, and, and that's called sin, and we need to acknowledge that. The B is, is to believe, to believe in Jesus and what He's done on the cross is God's remedy for our sin, is God's solution for being alienated from Him. To believe that through Jesus I can be made whole, that I can be healed, that I can be forgiven. And the C is for confess. Confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. A lot of folks receive Him as their Savior. They want their, what I call, fire insurance, make sure they don't go to hell. But they aren't willing to allow Him to be their Lord, to be the one who uh, is the master of their life. And and to confess that, uh, to be willing to share that with those you love and those you care about, that Jesus is your Lord. So it's really that simple, Um, and yet it's that powerful that it makes such an eternal difference. Acknowledge that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the solution. And confess that Jesus is your Lord. I invite you to stop what you're doing right now and, and say a simple prayer. Uh, confess your sin to him, tell him you believe in him, and then begin to confess him as your Savior, Lord. If you've done that, I encourage you to uh, let me know. I'd like to send you some materials uh, to help you grow in your Christian faith. It's it's like becoming a, a baby all over again, and there's some things you need to know, some, some things you need to learn. 
in order to walk with God. That was Dr. Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit a word from the Lord. If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at foleybeach at awordfromthelord.org. Again, his email is foleybeach at awordfromthelord.org. You can contact us by mail. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Our mailing address again is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Whether you send us an email or write to us, we'd love to hear from you. A word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you. We thank you for this opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us again next time for the next broadcast of A Word from the Lord. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord.